You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. In episode 106, Michelle joins the podcast to discuss her work as a doula. We get into the breakdown of what that consists of, how community plays a large part in healthy pregnancies, navigating how to find available resources, and more. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. Subscribe to our newsletter for brand updates and podcast recommendations. And join our members-only community on Patreon for access to exclusive content. For everything else, go to VersusMikeHistory.com. family welcome to another episode of versus mike history i'm your host mike history and today we got michelle in the building what's going on michelle what's going on what's up what's up i'm great how are you i'm doing fantastic um we got michelle on the podcast today to talk about her business um uh and you know also a duty and a passion of hers which is uh being a doula but i want to go ahead and let her uh, sort of usher that in and introduce that herself and then we're gonna just have a nice really free-flowing conversation all right um i am a postpartum doula trained postpartum doula with national black doula association i started my certification process in october of 2020 um what drew me to the work was really motherhood honestly becoming a a new mom and just thinking about some of the support that I had and realizing that my my experience as a mother coming into motherhood did not mirror the other people around me I just thought to myself you know how can I make motherhood look different how can I make this experience a lot better for other people And then I went into casework. So I was a caseworker for a little while um, doing a lot of adoption and reunification work. And I was like, yeah, I can't do this. I can't keep taking kids away from their home. As crazy as that sounds, um, that was the gist of my work. And um, I found this health tech company that I now work for. And um, it was... It's, it's been history ever since. I work in maternity navigation in Philadelphia. I cover West Philly, Northeast Philadelphia, Upper Darby, South Philly, if you are familiar. And um, I meet these women from pregnancy test all the way up until um, six months postpartum. And then I follow them up until a year postpartum, providing pregnancy education, postpartum education, going to the doctor's appointments with them. Um, I've attended my first birth recently, just making sure that they know the signs and symptoms of things like preeclampsia and um, preterm labor and being an added layer of support. That's really the name of the game um, at my company, not replacing traditional OB mid- midwife care, but being an added layer of support for these women. A lot of the people that I see every day have social needs. Um more than more than they need the education, they have a lot of social needs. And um, so I'm there to provide resources. I'm there to be a helping hand, a friend, anything that they need to make their pregnancy experience better. And that's why I wake up and I grind every day like I do. That's very beautiful. And I appreciate that. 
Um, <laughs> now, something that I ask everybody when they come on the podcast is, what are you listening to? What's in your rotation? Hmm. Honestly, Glorilla's new EP. Yeah, shout out to Glorilla. Shout out to that Grammy nomination she got on. For real. A resume now. Um, okay, awesome. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, you said that this work all started in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to get into, you know, the first realization that like I can provide resources and assistance in communities to help other people um while also trying to find those things for myself let's start at the origin of that and I guess that would be your pregnancy honestly I would not be giving the things that happened prior to that um enough of enough light okay so I had a a mentor earlier in life (laughs) and um I used to tell her like all the things that I wanted to do in my life and she'd be like oh so you want to be like a mother Teresa and it has never been more true um (laughs) like until I started in my career so I worked at a runaway homeless youth shelter in Baltimore right after I graduated in 2017 and I had a pregnant teenager and I think that that's where it started because the program that I worked for wasn't equipped to work with pregnant women pregnant teenagers at all um so I found myself kind of taking on her caseload and working it from there. And I think that that was like the beginning of me saying, okay, you have no idea what what this person needs, but you're willing to like hold their hand through it and, and help them so that they are leaving this program better than how they came. So I would say that that was like the, at, I was at that point when I was like, okay, you need to provide something to, to other people who not even always have less, but like you like helping, you love to be a resource. And it just evolved over time when I, I came into motherhood and um, I had my own difficulties, just like kind of navigating things like WIC. I've never been on public public assistance before. So like that was difficult for me um, even. So I could only imagine other people who don't have, you know, people to guide them or let them know like, hey, you know, you can get this or, you know, you ain't got to struggle. Um, something as small as that. So yeah, I think that that I think that it all really started in 2017 and 2020 after being a mom for a couple months, that's when it all clicked. Like this is your space. This is where, you know, you you this is the source. So during this journey with the 17-year-old, how how long did how much time did you spend with her during her pregnancy? Um she came into the program. She was about seven months, I believe. Okay. So we were like right at the tail end of her pregnancy for the most part. Um, I did not, she did not stay with the program long enough for us to see the actual baby. But like I said, she was at a home, a runaway homeless youth shelter, and we helped to get her placed into a transitional home. Mm-hmm. Um, so right before she had the baby she was placed in like some type of transitional space okay and um so I, you would say that that was like the first instance where you realized like it was like an eye-opening experience 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Navigating something I've never navigated before. It, it, that definitely was a, um, an eye-opening experience. And just seeing how much, how impactful I was, um, not, and that's not to toot my own horn, but, you know, you meet people in different phases in their life and everybody needs something. Everybody uh, needs someone to support them. And it's, it's funny. I was just talking to one of my clients and uh, we were talking about putting her just in a, in a better situation before she has the baby. And, um, I'm actually in the process of getting her hooked up with a transitional home because some people, you know, you can you can do a check in every month, and that's what I do for some of my clients. I I only check in them check in on them monthly, but some people they need the support right in their face, and so um, that's it. It just looks different for everybody, but being able to support, I support around a hundred. I think last time I counted it was like hundred and fifty moms, um, and just giving them the support that they need on a personal level all 150 like figuring out a way to support 150 moms is no easy task but um the care that we give the care that I give that I pride myself on is making sure that we don't miss there's there's never a near miss situation um whether it's social needs whether it's you know their their perinatal support any of those things there's never a miss this all sounds amazing and while I do want to dig a little deeper, I kind of want to take a step back really quickly because mm -hmm. I feel like we're getting into resources and different things that are available to our, um, our community, the Black community specifically, that we don't necessarily have a lot of knowledge about. Because when we talk about, um, when we get into co the conversation of pregnancy and teen pregnancies even, um, uh, the the conversation of, of getting a doula isn't something that's super prevalent in our community because um, a lot of us come from underprivileged communities. So right. I want to take a step back and I want you to like sort of give the definition of what a doula is and sort of the responsibilities because you said it can be different in every situation, but the, the general consensus of what it is. Mm -hmm. So a doula is non-medical support. That's the like simplest way to put it. Um, if you have a doula in the hospital with you, that doula is not there to give their medical recommendations. That doula is not there to speak on your behalf. That doula there is that doula is there to um let you know what the doctor is trying to say. So translate so you understand. Give your opportunity and advocate on be your behalf when you just need a few minutes to explain. If you don't have a, a actual support person or father of a baby, like as we um as we say in the practice, um is not there. That's where your doula stands in. Your doula will go over um, birth practices and comfort measures, all of those things. And if you have a postpartum doula, they'll give you information about your first couple of days. They'll assist you in breastfeeding if they are really good in lactation support, um, making sure that you understand the signs and symptoms of preterm labor if you're before 37 weeks, if you're after 37 weeks, making sure you understand what it looks like if you're going into labor, what to do when you're in labor. Um, so that, that's what doula support looks like. Um, a lot of people in our community, I think we can thank good old TikTok, have misunderstood the meaning of a doula. And I see a lot of people 
mistake doula support for a nanny. Mm. A lot of people say that doulas, postpartum doulas are like glorified babysitters and they're supposed to come in and clean for you and cook for you. Um, I don't do that. I'm going to be very honest. Mm -hmm. I will never do that. But what I will do is I will sit with your family. Um, a lot of the doulas I know, they offer village support. They um, offer partner support where they teach your village or they teach your partner what it is that you need, how to support you best, how to um, include the children in this new process of bringing a, a new child or new baby into the house and just ha how to have all the, the soldiers in line for when this new baby comes into the world. Um, because that's what it's all about. I think that while I take pride in being a doula, I also think that there's so much strength in having family who understands how to support you when mm -hmm. you're transitioning into motherhood. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's one of the, the greatest parts of what I feel like doulas do. They They whip everybody into shape. Like, hey, it's a baby coming. Do you know how to support mom when she's breastfeeding? Mom, do you know that you have all of these resources available to you at, at your fingertips if you can't reach a lactation consultant? It's not only, you know, putting the, the education in someone's face, but saying, let me help you. Let me guide you through how and when you call this number and what you say and what this flange in your, your breast pump looks like. Um, so that's doula support. I feel like I, that was a mouthful, but that is doula support. Okay. So my question to you is, um, when it comes down to <clears throat> choosing whether or not you require the support for, um, your pregnancy, when convincing some, when trying to convince somebody, what do you say to somebody who's like, well, you know, I got my homegirls, I got my grandmother, I got my mom, like, like I'm good. I got my people's like, what do I need a doula for? They they got kids, you know. How I run into that a lot. <laughs> um, even so, so the program I work for, they I'm my title is not doula, my title is maternity navigator. Okay. But I run into a lot of people who are like, Oh, I don't need this. I registered because I thought it was X, Y, and Z, but I don't need this because I have my grand I live with my grandma. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I ask is, Did you talk to your grandma about your birth plan? Mm. And they be like, huh? A birth plan. <laughs> and that's how I always start. That's that's like my that's my cheat code. Like, did, did you talk to grandma? You talk you talk about your boy, you talk to your boyfriend about, you know, whether you want the breastfeed. Cause sometimes even if I'm not actively supporting the birth, or I'm not actively there throughout the pregnancy, at least I'm starting those conversations. And um that's that's what means the most because once I start that conversation, they always on my line. Not to sound cocky, but they mm -hmm. they like, oh, well, I'm gonna just call Michelle because she'll be able to answer the question. Or let's just check with Michelle. I always mm -hmm. get text messages like, my mother said I could do this or I could put this in a baby bottle. Can I? Especially my teenagers. So I think that um, it don't it don't take much to convince people that that you need a doula. I think that a lot of people shy away from looking into doula support because it's become this thing that's attached to wealth and mm. people think like that glorified babysitter piece that I, I said, people mm. think, Oh, that's, that's out of, you know, that's not something that we can afford or that's not something I can afford. But lots of people don't know that they're like community doulas or like 
programs literally for those who live in underserved communities. Um, it's just about connecting them to those those specific resources. And but it's not hard. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> no, great. Um. So, at your job, you said you're not no. Um, your title isn't isn't doula, but um, but maternity navigator for mm-hmm. somebody who is looking to, um, either you know find a career opportunity in the field, or maybe they just want to add another layer of support for their community. Where would you suggest them to um, begin looking? Um, so there's, there are a number of companies that, that do what I do. Um, you don't got to give no free promo, by the way. (laughs) No, 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 definitely not doing that. (laughs) A lot of, um, companies, a lot of maternal health companies are going digital, you know, ever since COVID Mm -hmm. tech is booming right now. Um, so a lot of, maternal health things are going digital people are getting more into telehealth so they're out there and there's a million of them um a million new startups um prioritizing maternal health especially in the hood especially those that cover um medicaid because as a lot of people know a lot of doulas are not covered under medicaid um i know in new jersey they are but in a lot of different spaces um they still are that's still a fight but a lot of my coworkers come from different backgrounds. I used to be a caseworker. I'm a community health worker. I'm a trained doula. Um, I'm in school for public health. So you could kind of like go there with it. Or I have, um, I work with nurse practitioners and I work with caseworkers, licensed clinical social workers. And we all do the same. We all, we all on the same wavelength. Like we hear to help the mamas um and we all just use what we got to get there to to get it done rather um and then if you are I have a couple co-workers I'm I'm trying to think because they they literally do everything some of my co-workers are medical assistants so it's a couple different routes that you can take I know a lot of them who are medical assistants are going into training and uh, certifying as doulas but I would say definitely a doula um, certification or training because there's a million out there Uh, medical assistant if you're going to work in a more clinical space like me uh, community health work especially just to get your foot through the door and you would say that this is um, sort of a field that the black community is lacking in, in terms of resources and things of that nature, or would you feel like um, these programs target more inner city communities or? I think, yeah, the the latter. I think that these programs definitely target the inner city, inner city communities. Can't even talk tonight. (laughs) Um, But I also, I was, and I was thinking about this earlier Doulas are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was training, I heard a term called church doula, and I never thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are people who they don't have any formal training. They've just always supported moms, right? They've always 
And you may know some people who like, they always know where to go to find a free turkey around Thanksgiving, or they always know who having a community uh, baby shower and somebody giving away diapers, or they know how to find baby clothes for somebody and they just pulling stuff out their trunk. And, and that's what doula support looks like. Um, and it, it may not seem like it, but, but it's just community. That's, that's what, to me, that's what, what I do looks like because I'm forever pulling diapers out my trunk when I'm in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I, I'm like 50, 50. I feel like we lacking, but I feel like a lot of people just have this gift that they just haven't figured out how to place it or like put a title on it. Um, now you spoke about how you wear a bunch of hats. I'm, I'm curious to know how all of those other roles you handle um, be, in terms of being a school for public health and being um, a community servant uh, and how do all of those things roll into your role as a doula and how does being a doula help those roles? Hmm. Um. Because so, cause you would think that they would go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. So when I, I've been with my job for a year and I've been a doula for two. And when I first started here, I thought that I wanted to be more boots on the ground. And that's what kind of pushed me um, to want to get into like community health work because I'm like, oh, I want to be out in the field feel, feel, feel all day, but it is so draining. And I'm so early in my career that I don't want to get burnt out. So I decided that I was going to go back to school for public health because I said that I wanted to get more into programming and possibly like some policy work to implement things in maternal and child health. So that's how that happened. Um, I don't, I don't think that this is a forever place um, but I do know that I had to be here in order to see like what was next I don't I don't think that um in some roles that I've worked in I'll say I don't think a lot of people started on the ground where they should have mm-hmm. and so I'm taking my time to get up off the ground but I'm I'm slowly but surely I, I don't plan to be um in the streets forever <laughs> and so that's where my public health degree will come in. That sounds great. Um, now, in terms of doula work, you know, you spoke about um, being a community doula. You spoke about how that work is viewed as, you know, for people with money who are better off. Uh, do you think that there is a specific route that you should start in or is there um, any type of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Do people look down? What, do you think that people shouldn't aim to work with, let's say, a luxury clientele? You know what I'm saying? Like if they have the opportunity to, or is it like better for somebody to learn in a more um, intimate or in the inner city um, environment? I can't say that it's better. Um, I I have heard from my coworkers, one of my coworkers, she worked in like Montgomery County. If if anyone who's listening is familiar, Montgomery County, um, Pennsylvania, 
And some of her clients are well off. They stay home. They just hire a doula because they need somebody to stay with the baby during the day so they can sleep. And she said it wasn't fulfilled. She said it wasn't fulfilling. She didn't enjoy it. And to me early on, I was like, oh, that sounds easy. Like you made a quick $1,800 for six weeks. Like that's that's great. And that's only one of your clients. Um, but then I had my first client who, um, through my job, so it wasn't an independent contract, had a husband. She had in-home support. Her children were in school all day. So when she was home with the baby, she still had grandma come over. And I realized that that wasn't really what I wanted. Um, so I think it's like different strokes for different folks. If, you know, you want something that's a little less hands-on and you aren't interested in providing that social support you just there for baby, then absolutely, you know, go ahead, um, provide that support. And I think it can still be rewarding because you are in some cases still providing lactation support. You're still there to teach mom about like safe sleep if they will let you. I think some, one of the barriers um that comes along with providing doula support for some of those families who aren't from the hood is that they're not interested in education because mm -hmm. they're like, okay, just come do what you do and go. Um, and that's, that's speaking from like experience. A lot of these people could care less about what you can provide outside of the time. Um, so if you are somebody who, who values being able to, mold and, and, and shape and, and teach a mom about those first few weeks and her first milk and, you know, feeding and watching a child truly develop and, and a mother evolve over time, um, then that's not, that should not be your clientele. I don't think that that would be, that would serve you in any way. Mm. And for me, it hasn't. <laughs> I like, I like mine from the hood. Um, and that's how it'll always be. I I Home made a room. yeah, like mm -hmm. I made I made a TikTok a couple months ago, and somebody commented and was like, "That's not right." But I said, "No, I do not serve anyone who is not a black or brown person. That's not my clientele. That's not that's not what that's not what we fight against. You know, people who are not women who are not um black are not." up against maternal mortality numbers every day. And so I don't got nothing for you. I hate to be like that, but I got nothing for you. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's get into your personal um, pregnancy. If, if, if you're, if I'm allowed. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. I want to talk about your personal experience and what that was like. Um, yeah. Hated it. Mm. <laughs> I was so miserable. Um, I was a newly single pregnant mom and yeah. um, it was very miserable. I was depressed. I, I had to go to therapy every day. I cried in a dark room for the first half of my pregnancy and it was rough. Um, I was healthy. Baby was healthy. I went to all my doctor's appointments. I had all this support around me, but I never felt so lonely in my life until I got pregnant because nobody around me understood. And one of the things that I hear a lot of people say, so I know I wasn't crazy, is that 
motherhood is lonely because everybody's constantly telling you you should be happy and you have no choice on like how to feel mm -hmm. if you're not happy people are going to tell you oh you know you gotta you gotta keep the baby happy or the baby's gonna come out sad and you're gonna have a, a crying baby i don't know where black people come up with this stuff but i i spent my whole entire pregnancy just trying to fake the funk so i really had a very em emotionally it was very miserable um i took some nice pictures though <laughs> but i was miserable my my entire pregnancy the emotional aspect i just would not wish that on anyone in this world um but yeah that was that was my pregnancy unless well, you have some specific questions well i i wanted you to get into details about the support you received during your pregnancy as well so my <laughs> let me set the, the visual i graduated in december 2017 i moved away from my family and friends the summer of 2018 and i was pregnant by <laughs> the fall of 2018 and so initially my friends were like what you gonna do about that when i told them that i was pregnant mm -hmm. um and they probably will kill me if they hear that. But they did. They said it. And you just got to understand, as a 23-year-old, fresh out of college, that is probably what a lot of people's friends ask them. Um, So initially, they weren't really, like, that excited because they felt like, girl, you got the whole world. And my family felt the same. You got the whole world in front of you. You got plans. And um, once, they, once they started to settle in and they realized, you know, this is real. I'm going forward with this pregnancy. It was like all hands on deck. I did not work my entire pregnancy. Um, I had my feet up for the most part, just trying to get myself back together. My family, I'll say like my immediate family, my mom, my aunt, my great aunt, my cousin, they were very supportive of me just easing into motherhood um, trying to get my stress levels down, making sure that I always had food, making sure I always had a ride. Um, and then when she came, they were always there. I, I tell people all the time, like my cousin, she never came in the house without food for me. And when she came home between the hours of five and six, that was me time. From the moment my daughter came home until we like parted ways, even to even to this day, if I go to her house, she like, all right, go do what you got to do for an hour. I got the baby. Um, and I, that it was like that for, for a lot of people. My mom was very supportive, um, took me to all her, the baby's doctor's appointments. Um, it was like, it was every, me, it was everyone's baby. She was everyone's baby. Everybody made me realize that, um, Everything I felt like I needed during my pregnancy was right there the whole time. Mm -hmm. It just took me a little while to to realize it, mm -hmm. but I would say that I was I'm one of the more fortunate people um, during my my pregnancy and even my postpartum. I never had the pressure of oh you need to find a job like you can't be walking around here like this. They always um, pray for me, and I'm talking about like hands on my back praying while I'm crying, um, staying up with me, making sure you know. If I didn't feel good, I didn't have to be mom for like an hour. And that was great to me. Um, and I also think that, that that's what 
pushed me to to want to be the same for other women. Um, so yeah, I had I had a really good support team once they all kind of drilled it in their head that there was a baby on the way. Um, they were really good to me. My family, my friends were really that, good to me. That's lovely. <laughs> so final thoughts. What would you say were were the lessons you learned between your daughter's birth and deciding that you wanted to be a doula about support? That should have been the whole podcast. <laughs> I could go all day. Um, whew, I think the biggest lesson that I learned in motherhood was that I'm never, you're never going to stop becoming. You're never going to arrive at this place of happiness. It's never going to be all together. Um, you heal so many different times. I think the theme of my pregnancy was healing. I was giving birth to this new life, but I was like healing constantly. Even three years later, three years into her life, I'm realizing that there are layers. So every time I, I get to a point where things are getting better and life is getting better, you know, I'm making a little bit more money and I'm able to do this and that. It's like, boom, another lesson to be learned. Um, and I think pregnancy helped me to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and I needed to learn how to be uncomfortable in order to heal. Um, and that those lessons don't come to, to shake my world up. It's like, okay, you're evolving into another phase of your life. I need to show you how to make room for that. So, so with the healing comes the making room to become a better mother. And um, I call myself, Good soul, doula, because I think that during my pregnancy, I was put in a place where I was being planted in order to bloom into what is and what is constantly becoming. And um, I I think that that I think that that's the theme right there. That's what motivated me to keep going when I was pregnant, and motivated me to pursue my my doula certification just knowing it's constantly healing and undoing and just allowing yourself the space to grow and in doing that becoming a better a better mom um because the old me could never take care and nurture the child that I'm raising right now she couldn't do that and I had to make room for who is in charge now that was very beautiful Thanks. <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much for coming on this podcast and dropping these gems. I really appreciate your presence in this conversation. This has been a wonderful talk. Um, let the people know where they can find you on social media if you want them to find you. Um, you can find me on with love MJ um on Instagram. I post memes. I am a whole joke on social media, but I think that that is what will make you love me. So feel free to follow me. Awesome. And as always, people, you know, you can find everything related to Versus Mike History at versusmikehistory.com. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter as well. And um, I'll see y'all at the next episode. Peace. Bye.